This is episode three, where we're going to talk about all things Louisville Cardinals football and basketball. I'm your host, Caleb Paul. I'm not joined by my co-host, Zach Drain, this week. Flying solo, but uh, we'll do the best we can. This week, we're, t- we're going to take a look at around college football since Louisville was off last week. Uh, and then we're going to preview ne- this coming Saturday's game. Talk about uh, Satterfield's weekly presser. A lot of other things are going on in the cards football mainly. And then we're going to be previewing the pit game and giving my predictions. And that's up. And, then, and that's all we're going to cover today. But uh, so let's just get straight into it. Last week, uh, college football was pretty crazy, none to say. Of course, you have the Tennessee upset over Alabama, 52-49. to 49, uh, Tennessee wins that game. Um, and just a bunch of crazy upsets last week. Uh, Michigan took down Penn State handily. Uh, again, Oklahoma finally got back on track to beat Kansas. Uh, again, I mentioned the Tennessee-Alabama game. TCU looks for real as they beat Oklahoma State 43-40 to in double overtime. Um, one of the bigger upsets of the day, I think we would say probably the Utah over USC game. Again, like I say in every episode, I just, the Pac-12, I, I, I can't get behind it. It's just it's just different to me. I don't think USC is all that good, so I'm glad they were finally proven. Knocked down a few pegs. Uh, Florida State kind of gave Clemson a run for the money. They scored a bunch of points in the fourth where it didn't matter. <clears throat> James Madison finally lost to Georgia Southern, 45-38. Uh, they probably won't be ranked by the time we play them, but it's nice to know they'll be a decent team. Uh, and then Syracuse beat NC State 24-9. The interesting thing about that NC State game is they lost Devin Leary, their dark horse Heisman candidate before the season started. 
now that Devin Leary's out, I think that kind of ruins NC State's season, at least offensively. Defensively, they're still very, very good, but they cannot move the ball. I mean, Syracuse held them to nine points. So I just I just don't expect them to be all that great the rest of the season. However, Syracuse, 6-0. I cannot say I saw that coming. Syracuse being 6-0 and is like the equivalent of Tony Elliott coaching a good game of football. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, but <laughs> anyways, uh, so that was college football last week. Kentucky did beat Mississippi State. I guess you could call it an upset. There were six spots ahead of them in the AP poll, but it is what it is. I think Kentucky looked beatable. They really did look beatable. Uh, Will Will let us do a pick six and a fourth. It, it was probably one of the worst reads I've seen him make all season. Uh, he just threw it straight to the guy. It was a pick six. Um, Kentucky's rushing attack looks to be getting going. I don't know much about mi- mi- Mississippi State. I assume they have a decent defense. I don't know much about them, but uh, hopefully it shows that maybe we can compete against them come the end of the year if it does that thing. But I'm not doing that thing that I did last year. I was like, well, Kentucky's not that good. They haven't beat anybody good. Because they beat the crap out of us. So it's all, it's just all about the game. I'm not going to try and compare it to other teams because that does not work as uh, we saw last year. And they go into a hard ass game next week against uh, Tennessee in Knoxville. That'll be really interesting. Hopefully they lose it by 45. But, uh, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track here. Let's, let's get back into the Cardinals real quick. A lot of people before Satterfield's presser were thinking Brock Doman should start at Pitt. Well, I don't totally agree with that. I uh, I wouldn't put it in the non-realm ability of him possibly getting a few snaps against Pitt if Louisville looks bad. Let's say they're down, like, I don't know, like 13-3. to three. The defense isn't playing terrible. At halftime, I think you give Doman the opening possession. I think that's what you have to do because... If the defense is actually starting to play well, which it looks like it's trending upward almost every game, except for the BC game, we're not going to talk about it. But besides the BC game, I think the defense has looked better every game of the season. Especially forcing turnovers and getting pressure in the backfield with tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, Louisville is, I believe, fifth in the nation in sacks per game. Yeah, so Louisville is fifth in the nation with 3.67 sacks per game. And is 12th in the country in tackles for loss with 7.5 a game. Uh, so, I mean, that's almost two top 10 in the country. And while yardage-wise, rushing, they're not playing that well, giving up 207 yards on the ground. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's 130, 133 yards on the ground per game, which is up for 53rd in passing defense, 227 a game at 65th. Was a total defense ranking 57th with 361.3 yards per game. So, I mean, this Louisville defense, it's, I believe it's top 20 in consistency. But those big plays, I think we're one of the top 10 worst in the country. If we can eliminate those big plays, our defense is actually really good. It's actually really good. We have playmakers. Don't let Kendrick Duncan start if he's not playing good. Start MJ Griffin. If MJ if MJ Griffin is playing good, then let him start. And that's what Sad said at the presser. K- Kendrick Duncan and Griffin are battling for the for the starting spot. I don't care if Kendrick has been playing more seasons and has more uh, seniority with the team. If MJ Griffin is playing better, start him because we need playmakers on that defense and guys who want to be there and will hustle and play and get the tackle for loss or get the pick, actually have that coverage in the backfield because that's what we need is a better defense. Malik Cunningham 
it has been Scott Satterfield's offense the past four years. He, Malik Cunningham has ran the ball and thrown the ball at a very good rate. And although, yes, this season he has started out a little slow, he's had some great games against uh, South Florida, against Florida State even. He had a great game. Uh, but he may overthrow some guys. That's just what he's going to do. That's Malik Cunningham's not a perfect passer, but he makes up for it with his rushing attack. So unless he's playing legitimately bad and he's not giving us or putting us in the position to win the football game against Pitt next Saturday night, I don't believe uh, I don't believe we bench him for Brock Doman just because Brock Doman, I'm not sure he has that under the lights capability that Malik seems to have. Uh, so that's where I stand there. Uh, let's get to Satterfield's weekly presser. Uh, it was yesterday. It was held around 11:45. Sat talked for about 20 minutes, followed by Brian Brown for about eight, and Lance Taylor for about six minutes. Satterfield talked about uh, some injuries. He believes almost everyone should be good to go, and Malik is actually 100% practice on Sunday. So Malik Cunningham should be good to go for this pit game, which is fantastic news. He said Jalen Mitchell will most likely be back this week too, along with Trevor Uncle and Jawar Jordan are still healthy. Talon Evans is questionable, I believe. I think they're going to take a look more at it tomorrow is what Sat said. But hopefully uh, by uh, by the next time Louisville plays, Tyon uh, Evans will be available. If not, surely he'll be back next week. Uh, and again, the thing with Amari Huggins-Bruce is he sent out a tweet the other day, said, I'm out for the next two games, but when I come back, it'll be for real or something like that. And then he deleted the tweet like a half hour, an hour later. Satterfield said, I'm not going to discuss what came out with that tweet that Amari had, uh, we'll take it day by day, and uh, we'll make adjustments if we need to, and we'll let you guys know on Saturday. Not entirely sure what that means. Uh, did Amari do something? Is it disciplinary action, or is he legitimately hurt? I, I, I wonder what that situation is, because we weren't given much of a uh, signal on if it's something he did, or he's hurt, or he's... Because uh, he's been playing fantastic for us. It's, Probably our second best receiver on the team following Tyler Hudson, and we need him for the game. We're going to have to have some freshmen step up, like Chris Bell, and uh, we'll also have some other guys step up. So hopefully, uh, Mar Huggins Bruce can play. If not, that'll be a struggle for the Louisville offense. But it's good to see that we're getting Jalen Mitchell back on the field because he was a big part of our offense last year. Started at running back 11 games, I believe. So it's it's no small feat to have him back. That will really help our offense. So I'd also just kind of preview the game, looking at Pitt, if what they do in their defense. Uh, pretty much just normal coaching stuff. But the main thing was the injuries that potentially could happen uh, and that most of the guys are healthy. Kendrick Duckman will be healthy. MJ Griffin, I think, will be healthy. He said he was battling the knee since the start of the season. Looks to be 100%. He made it sure to say that Malik Cunningham was 100%. So that's great to hear. We'll have our quarterback for a Saturday night game against the Pittsburgh Panthers. Also, the Louisville Cardinals uh, equipment Twitter account put out a uh, new profile picture. It was just of like a zoomed in on the Cardinal logo. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll get a new uniform with the Cardinal logo on it. I'm not for sure. I would assume they would break out the gray, the Ville uniforms with the red helmets for Saturday. Just because next week is a blackout. And I don't think they would wear the gray uniforms on senior day. So I don't know. Maybe they're, I have no idea. But I'll take some of the uniforms if they're going to give it to us. But uh, that's that. That's where that's at. And uh, someone uh, responded, uh, the Red Cardinal fan, said, we need to break out the All Reds on Saturday. And then the uh, Louisville football Twitter account replied, 
we'll have something a little red for you. I'm sure you'll like it. And winky face. So like there, something big's going on on Saturday, and uh, a lot's going on on Saturday. Actually, let let's get into that. Saturday is the Cardinals' biggest weekend all year round, especially going into this the latter half of the football season and the start of the men's basketball season. Friday night with Louisville Live is pretty much the start of the basketball season with Jack Harlow, Peyton Siva. Going to be a lot of Cardinal guys there. Uh, going to be a lot of recruits there. It's going to be a great time. It, it, there's, there's a lot of hype around it, and it's one of the biggest days for the year for the Louisville Cardinals. A.J. Johnson's going to be there. After probably losing out on D.J. Wagner, the Cards look to take on on A.J. Johnson and hopefully get him. And that Friday night is going to be huge at Louisville Slugger Field. Hopefully Kenny Payne can nail the head in the coffin with some of these recruits. But hopefully uh, it's going to be a great time. And then leading into that, that this is on the, the 21st, on the 22nd, which is the football game against Pitt. It's an 8 o'clock homecoming kickoff. I mean, there's so much going on there. And a lot of Louisville's commits and recruits are coming. I read, I think, about 60 kids are going to be there being commits and recruits they're looking to still get for the 23 and 24 class. Ruben Owens, the five-star running back, is going to be there. And so is Madden Sanker, four-star offensive lineman. I'm sure some other kids are going to be there. Those are just the two main ones, I think. So that'll be great to have those guys there. I'm sure some of the kids from Louisville Live will be there. Maybe Peyton Siva and Jack Harlow will show up at the game. I mean, it could be it could be amazing in Cardinal Stadium on Saturday night under the lights. But uh, that all doesn't matter if Satterfield can't win this game. I feel Scott Satterfield has to win this game. And I truly believe that I think they will win. Just the vibes uh, and the feel around this game, it just feels like they're going to win. It feels like it could be the turning point of the season. Now, you guys know I'm pretty much a pro Satterfield guy. But if he can't win these games, I don't want him here. If he goes if he goes six and six and loses the bowl game, get him out. Even if he wins the bowl game, I'm still I don't know if you keep him. Like I said, I, I think the end goal from Jock Hurd, the AD, is to get Satterfield to seven and five, potentially a good bowl win. If he loses the bowl game, it has to be against a good opponent and has to be a close game and they have to look like they're in the game. Um so seven and five is probably what you have to be at there. But Again, this pit game is huge. You've got a bunch of guys coming in. Malik's back. He's pretty much healthy, except for maybe Amari Huggins, Bruce, and Tyon Evans. You've got to play good. And a little defense coming off a career game against uh, the Virginia Cavaliers, their best defensive effort of the season. After the first quarter, the Cards held the Cavaliers to just seven points and I think around 150 yards for the last three quarters after an abysmal start in the first quarter. Hopefully Louisville can avoid those slow starts. That's all Satterfield knows of slow starts to the season, slow start to games. But like last year, we started off kind of slow, and then we got momentum. We couldn't finish that momentum, sadly, but we got the momentum. So that knows how to build that momentum. I'm hoping Satterfield will be able to finish the season in a good light. Uh, but so the Cardinals are three and three going into this game and they have Pitt at eight o'clock on Saturday night. Then next Saturday on the 29th, they have, uh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons at three 30. And then the week after that, they have another home game against, uh, James Madison that that game has not had a time released, but these next three games, I think are the most pivotal ones of the season. So far you have this pit game with all this riding on it. 
And let's say you win that game close, 28-25, 31-28, something like that. Then you go into the Wake Forest game with momentum, and it's a blackout night. And Wake Forest may very well be a top-10 team. They play Boston College this weekend. A lot of top-10 teams lost. They could potentially move up. If not, they're a top-13 team in the country, unless Boston College somehow pulls out the upset, which I don't see happening. But let's say that uh, Wake Forest wins it. Then they go into Cardinal Stadium, top-10 team, 330 blackout game. Again, if you win that game, it's going to be a good crowd. If you win the pick game, it's going to be a good crowd. Because if you give Lola fans something to cheer about, to give the fan base some sort of hope, they will show up for games. They will. We saw it in the Clemson game last year. We saw it in the UK game last year. Hell, we saw it in the Florida State game this year. They showed up because they believe in the effort that was on the field. You give them faith in the Virginia game. They're going to show up for the pit game because it's a night game on homecoming weekend following Louisville Live. I feel like it's going to be a decent crowd, probably as good as the Florida State crowd, if not a little better, I feel. If you win the Wake Forest game, it's almost a given you're going to win James Madison. So then you're 6-3. and three. You're 6-3 and three going into Clemson. You're not beating Clemson. If Scott beats Clemson, give him a contract extension right then and there because Louisville's, what, 0-7 against Clemson? They're, they're, they haven't won a game since 2014 when they played them, when they joined the ACT. So then you lose to Clemson. So then you're six and four, and then you probably beat NC State with with a, Der- a Devin Learyless NC State team that doesn't have an offensive identity right now. I think you probably beat them, probably in a low scoring game like 17-10, 17-14. maybe blow them out. I'm not sure on that, but let's see you win that game. So then you're seven and four. Like I said, that's what he needs to stay the head coach of Louisville football. You probably lose to Kentucky, go seven and five. Hopefully, with the bowl game, eight and five or seven and six. I think eight and five is really what he needs to drive for. But if he somehow wins the Kentucky game, I don't see a world. And if he wins the bowl and goes nine and four, I, I, it's 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 crazy to think that's even a possibility, and it probably isn't. But Kentucky looks more beatable than ever. And even if you lose the bowl game, eight and five isn't is perfectly equitable for this little football team that started off really bad guys they started off really bad even with some good game against some florida teams and a struggling virginia team lowell didn't have a power five win till two weeks ago they need to build on that but if you can win some of these big games i'm telling you scott satterfield will stay the coach at uofl i want him to stay the coach at uofl but he has to win these big games in order for me to believe in the product that he's putting out on the field. So that's what I feel the rest of the season holds. Uh, Scott Satterfield needs to finish out these games. And next Saturday, this coming Saturday, is the biggest game for Louisville football this season. Uh, the biggest game for Scott Satterfield. He has to win to keep his job, I feel. If you go to 3-4, and four, I think it's almost a lost cause. If you go to 3-4, and four, the schedule looks terrifying because then you don't have momentum against Wake. So then what? You're three and four, three and five. Maybe you beat James Madison. Four and five, lose to Clemson, four and six. Maybe you beat NC State somehow. Five and five. Or no, hold on. I'm 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 missing a game there. If you lose If you lose to Pitt, that's three and four. Lose to Wake, that's three and five. Beat James Madison, that's four and five. Lose to Clemson, that's four and six. Beat NC State's five and six. Fighting for bowl eligibility against Kentucky. Kentucky will want to murder you. You lose. You go four and seven. 
or a five, five, five and seven. That's that's you're fired, Scott Satterfield. I don't know if six and six can help you keep your job at this point. I can't tell you how many times I've said Satterfield in the last four months. It's exhausting. Just win some games. This pit game is huge. He has to win it, and I feel like he will win it. So I know we previewed Pitt last week, but let's go ahead and get into Pitt once again here. So again, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Pitt, Pitt running back. I'm going to try and pronounce his name, Abakanada, maybe? I'm just going to call him Pitt running back A. Again, he's had he had a tremendous game against Virginia Tech last week. Six touchdowns, 320 yards. Now, Keaton Slovis has played all right. They're, they have some star receivers, even though one of them transferred to USC last year. And they they got a transfer in clean solace. But if you look at their schedule, it, it, it doesn't strike you as they have a big win. You beat West Virginia. West Virginia looks all right. And then you beat Tennessee, and, and you lose to Tennessee in double overtime. That's not a bad loss. Tennessee is, they're world beaters right now. Avakanana, again, had 150 yards, 154 yards rushing in that game against Tennessee. Against Tennessee, well... I guess you can't say too much about Tennessee's defense, but still, still. They beat Western Michigan 34-13. Abakanana has 133 yards rushing. Um, Rhode Island, they beat 45-24. Again, you're giving up 24 points to Rhode Island. Let me check that. Was that in the fourth quarter? Was they giving up this 24 points? So it was 24-14 at halftime. I mean, if you're giving up 14 points to halftime against Rhode Island, surely Louisville can put up 14. Again, that that would be the most Louisville thing to not put up those points. But again, they didn't struggle with Rhode Island, but to only beat them by 21 when they were favored by 35 is a feat. Then they lose to Georgia Tech. I'm a guy to defend this loss. Georgia Tech is 2-0 since beating, um, or, or since since firing uh, Jeff Collins. They started the season 1-3, and um, and they beat Pittsburgh. And then they beat Duke. Duke's a good team, and they're off this week. But they're three and three, second in the Coastal. God, the Coastal is a wreck. Why can't Louisville be in the Coastal? Hell, we'd be winning that division at this point. But so uh, they beat Georgia Tech, or they lose Georgia Tech twenty six twenty one, and they beat Virginia Tech forty five twenty nine. Now you may say, well, that doesn't sound like a, uh, a too terrible of a a bad game against Virginia Tech. But if you look closer at that game, it was 17-16 and a half. Uh, they led by eight at the start of the fourth, and then Avakanada broke off a couple big runs and put the game away for Pitt. Um, they, uh, they scored the last 14 points of the game. It was 38-20, or it was, it was 31-29. Uh, Avakanada had a 10-yard touchdown run and an 80-yard touchdown run. So Pitt did struggle against the Hokies, and the Hokies are really bad, guys. They were two and four, two and three coming into that game. They were really bad. They're not a good football team. So I'm thinking if Louisville can just keep pushing this Pitt team, I feel like they'll be able to win and put up some yards and hopefully some points. But again, this could be another get right game for the Cards. We've seen it all year. Boston College had a get right game against us. Um, uh, floor, uh. Syracuse had a get-right season opener against us. Florida State had a get-right game against us. We cannot be that team. We have to have the get-right game for once. Against a powerful opponent. Not against UCF. Not against USF. Not against Virginia. Against a good Pittsburgh team. 
this is a win the Cardinals need bad. I, I feel like a broken record. I keep saying the same thing, but I cannot tell you how big this game is. And this is a big game for Pitt, too. They're 4-2. and two, Kind of had aspirations. They should be 4-1 and one right now going into this game. But they're 4-2. and two. They got back-to-back road games at Louisville, at North Carolina, and then at home versus Syracuse. So if you trip on, on this game, you may be in some serious trouble for the Pittsburgh Panthers. So hopefully we can create that trouble. Because I don't give a shit if Pitt is going to have a bad season. I just want the Cardinals to win. Uh, but hopefully the Cardinals can pull it out. Um, again, Lee Cunningham leading the Cardinals, almost 1,000 yards passing, almost 500 yards rushing. Um, I think Louisville really needs to get Jalen Mitchell involved. And I think uh, the playbook needs to be opened up like it was last week with these tunnel screens and counters and misdirections and all that type of stuff. I think we need more explosive play calling, more play action, more throws on first down. I feel like that's the stuff that we've been striving for, that we've been missing from Scott Satterfield's play calling since the 2019 season. Louisville needs to open up the playbook like they did last week. We looked really good last week. Let's see if we can continue on that. Um, you know, give Amari Huggins-Bruce one of those jet touch passes. You know, the stuff that we used to run with Tutu Atwell back in 19 and 20. That's the type of stuff we need to run. And, you know, if Sats working with the defense more and Lance gets more offensive play calling capabilities, uh, we look great last week. If we can continue doing that, that'd be great. If Sack can get six sacks a game, hell, let him, let him call the, the damn plays. <laughs> All right, Brown. I mean, we just need to look like we did last week. And we need to look good while doing it. And if Louisville wins this game handedly, I think that's the biggest win in Scott Satterfield's tenure. Even if Louisville wins it by three, I think it's his second biggest win in Louisville. Because last year, he didn't have a big win. His biggest win was UCF. 2020, his biggest win was a senior day against a middle-of-the-road 4-3 Wake team. And in 2019, his biggest win was against a 19th-ranked Wake Forest team away, 62-59. Uh, I guess you could say uh, Scott's really had Wake's number except for last year. They're two and one against. He's two and one against Wake overall. But uh, Ed, uh, yeah. So if you guys remember, Louisville played Pittsburgh back in 2020 season, lost 23-20. The story of that game was just missed opportunities, and that can be the story of this game. If you have open receivers, Malik needs to hit them in stride. If you have a hole, you have to hit it. And you can't mess up on defense either. These guys will sting you. That running back. If he sees a crease, he's gone. You cannot allow that crease to happen. Again, he's going to get yardage because he's a good player. But you can't let him have 300 yards against you. That's the, that's the story of the game. You can't let this guy cook you. And uh, you can't let Pitt score 42. <laughs> if Pitt scores like over 30, I don't think Louisville wins the game. The, the, the Louisville defense needs to have a coming out party. The Louisville defense needs to show who they truly are this game. And hopefully if they do, then Louisville can win the game and uh, we can get some momentum going into Wake Forest and James Madison and finish out the season strong. So my prediction for this game is, I am I think last week I said it would be 38-30-31, I believe. Um, I'm going to stick with a 31-21. Uh, I, think, I think Louisville comes out and I think, they, I think they show the world that they're a good team. And Scott Satterfield pulls all the tricks out. I, I I just Louisville will find a way to win on Saturday. That's just how I feel. That's how I feel. 
uh, the vibes, just little, just Louisville Live, all these recruits coming in, homecoming, night game. It's just, Louisville's going to find a way to win, I feel. Scott Satterfield will find a way to win. And if he doesn't, it looks like he's heading out the door sooner rather than later. So that's uh, 31-21 for me. And co-host Zach Drain, uh, he, he's going to stick with his score from last week. I believe it was uh, 38-31, 35-31, something like that. Uh, he thinks the cards are going to win too. Not as big as I do, but he thinks they will win the game. So that's my prediction for the pick game. And again, uh, we're going to introduce our new segment here, the Weekly Satterfield Job Security. So uh, we actually recorded this episode the yesterday. Uh, the audio was so bad, I, I couldn't even put it out. I mean, it, it sounded like just pure like static radio. Like it was really bad. I couldn't even put it out. So I had to record this one going solo here. Um, I believe Zach Drain said the weekly Satterfield job security. He gave me a 40% chance of getting fired this season, or, or a 40% chance of retaining his job, 60% chance of him getting fired. Um, last week, I would have told you it was 35, but I'm going up to 40 this week, 40% chance of him keeping his job because of the momentum he has going into this game. And if he wins this game, that percentage is going to go up, obviously. So that's that's our new weekly segment on the show is uh, the weekly Satterfield job security. Uh, hopefully it goes up week to week, but uh, it may go down. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. But uh, that's pretty much it for the show today. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Beyond the Ville podcast. Uh, I'm your I'm your host Caleb Paul, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. And hopefully the cards win on Saturday. Go cards.